0: How do you forgive that? How in the world can we possibly find it within ourselves to forgive such cruelty, such barbarity, such violence and degradation on a group of people? It's beyond me how we could possibly forget such things as that. It's beyond me when I hear the story of Amish families near Nickel Mines, Pennsylvania who buried their own daughters just a day before they attended the funeral of Charles Roberts. The milk truck driver who stormed into a one-room schoolhouse and shot ten girls killing five of them. And how the Amish families attending that service went and hugged his widow and other members of his family. And then who took up a collection to support the widow and her three young children. When I hear that kind of expression of forgiveness, it takes my breath away. Or when I hear Nadine Collier the daughter of one of the victims of Dylan Roof, who went to a Bible study at a church and later gunned down nine members in cold blood. To hear Nadine Collier say to him I forgive you. To hear her Her voice shaking with emotion. As she says, You took something very precious from me. I will never talk to her again. I will never, ever hold her again. But I forgive you and have mercy on your soul. It's beyond me to think that I could ever speak and mean those words. How can we come to a place of forgiveness like that when we have so much difficulty forgiving even the slightest misunderstanding? And yet today, Jesus teaches us that when we live in a community where God reigns, we are to practice forgiveness without counting, beyond limits. You may remember that last week, Jesus helped us to understand how to deal with conflict in our communities he said that when we are wrong we are to go to someone and try to work toward restoring a relationship and rebuilding the community through reconciliation today Peter says okay Lord I'll buy what you're selling but how far do I have to go how often do I have to do it as many as seven times Peter is looking for limits. But his question is not as far-fetched as it might seem, because Jewish custom in his day taught that a person should be forgiven three times, but no more. Seven already exceeds what would be expected. Jesus says, no, not seven times, but 77 times or 70 times seven, depending on the translation. In other words, there is no limit to forgiveness. There's no quota because forgiveness can't be counted. Jesus wants us to stop the counting altogether and simply to forgive until it becomes a way of life. And to emphasize his point, Jesus told a story. The message of his story is very much like a real story that was told by Pastor Fairfax of First Presbyterian Church in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's a story about Sonny and some of his buddies who went to the local watering hole after work. Driving home a couple of hours later, he hadn't seen the kid on the bike. The kid who was dead before Sonny ever knew what he had hit. Sonny did have to serve some time for breaking the law... But the young boy's family, they're the kind of people that make you wonder, make you marvel. Because that young boy's family, neighbors of Sonny's, forgave Sonny, saying that they forgave him because they understand that alcoholism is a disease. But they were surprised a couple of years later when their younger son's errant baseball went through and broke the kitchen window at Sonny's house and Sonny demanded that they pay for the repair. Really? Really? And so the the master, the king in Jesus' story, when he heard that kind of injustice, he went and grabbed that conniving weasel of a slave and threw him into prison until he could pay the entire debt, which was never because it was a huge sum. That seems so. Right, sweet, sweet justice. Only the point of Jesus' story really comes in the power of of two letters, two letters that speak to me deeply. And haunt me, no end. Anyone want to guess what those two letters are? Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? I'm the weasel in the story. I truly am. I am Peter because I want to limit who I have to forgive and how many times I have to do it. And why is that? I don't know about you, but but I tend to want to put limits on my forgiveness Because there's something about forgiving over and over again that just doesn't seem right. Sometimes forgiveness is is really easy. Some small slight or insult that really doesn't matter all that much, forget about it. Don't, Don't worry about it. Or sometimes... Somebody is really sorry for what they have done and and they beg me to forgive them. I can forgive then. Sometimes it's not easy to forgive. Sometimes the offender is not sorry. There's no remorse. Sometimes they try to do it over and over again or or, or think that they haven't done anything wrong to begin with. Sometimes there's no apology given. I'd like to forgive. But I can't. And if the truth were told, sometimes, I don't want to. So what do we do with Jesus' teaching? How do we deal with that small word? For me, I found that a lot of the difficulty comes when I forget what forgiveness really is and forget what it is not. Forgiveness is not always quick and easy. Forgiveness is not always pretending like everything is fine between us, because it is not. Forgiveness is not saying that the offense never happened, because it did. It's not claiming that we no longer feel the pain because we do. It's not saying that I don't have a right to call out what has been done to me because I do. And forgiveness is never permission for someone to keep hurting me over and over again. If forgiveness was any of those things, then we would never forget. We would never forgive. No, the best definition for forgiveness that I know is giving up my right to get even. When we're wronged, we feel that we have a right to settle the score. But when we forgive, we give that up. In the Greek New Testament, the word that is most often used for forgiveness is charizomai. And the literal meaning of that word is to let go, to hurl away and Free yourself. Or as Pastor Nadia Bowles Weber says, forgiveness, rather than being a pansy way to say it's okay, is actually a way of wielding bolt cutters and snapping the chains that link us. It's saying, what you did is so not okay. I refuse to be connected to it anymore. So that means we can forgive someone who isn't sorry for what they've done. We can forgive someone and they not even know it. We can even forgive someone who has died. Because forgiveness is letting go of what happened and refusing to let it direct the way we live our lives. Forgiveness is more about the future than it is about the past. It's not an end. It's a beginning. A beginning of a new kind of reality. A new kind of life. A new kind of... A new way of dealing with the reality of the pain we feel. The late Lewis Smeads wrote To forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover the prisoner is you. Is it easy? But it can be done. And it can be life-giving. And at the heart of all of this is Jesus' desire for us to live together in community. Using forgiveness as a way of restoring the brokenness that we feel in that community and so I'd like to, to sort of clear up something that, may, that I may have said that might be confusing when we're thinking about forgiveness. You've heard me preach often about the importance of reconciliation, and, and I preach about it a lot, not just because it's our name, but because I believe it is vital to living as God's people in the world. It's what God wants for the world. But forgiveness is not the same thing as reconciliation. It's a first step, it's one of the roots of reconciliation. But reconciliation requires that we work together. It's a process by which we talk with one another and share the pain and share forgiveness and express remorse, and begin to re-establish trust for one another. And so it is more complicated and it moves beyond forgiveness. Forgiveness is solo. Reconciliation is a team effort. And the truth of the matter is sometimes reconciliation is not possible for a whole host of host of reasons but it can't ever be possible without forgiveness so even though forgiveness is for our good even though it's for our healing even though it doesn't have to involve the other person It's still hard. Oftentimes, it seems impossible. Like I said, it's beyond me. So, how can we forgive the way Jesus teaches us to forgive without limit? Maybe it starts. With those two little letters. As. That little word that we pray so often. Forgive us as we forgive. Maybe it starts when we remember another story. Of Peter and the disciples. A story on a night in which Jesus takes a cup and he says this cup is my blood given for you for forgiveness. He said that on the night that his friends would betray him and deny him And abandon him. He had every right to get even, to condemn. Yet still, he forgives, he loves, he restores, he reconciles. And he does the same. For us. Even when we fail to live into the grace he offers. When we so desperately want to get even and keep score. When we fall far short of extending the same mercy to others that has been extended to us. He's still there. Loving, forgiving, and reconciling us. Enabling us to live in the freedom. The freedom of forgiveness. Some days that's enough. To help me give up my grudges and resentments, my need to get even, Some days it's still tough. Still beyond me. But the teller of this story offers me the comfort in knowing it's not beyond Him. That Christ can change me. Empower me. Move me. To again and again try to forgive as I have been forgiven. I pray that is true for all of us. In Jesus' name, Amen.